this week on the Forum. Yes, the Canadians are still playing hockey. I mean, I don't care that much. Do you care that much, Justin? And we're still doing podcasts. We're still doing podcasts. <laughs> and some of you are, are, for some reason, still listening. But thanks for listening. As always, I'll start off by saying follow us at Twitter, at the Habs Forum. And, uh, well, today we're going to talk about a little bit quickly about the games and how they are losing and how, uh, who cares. On a more serious note, uh, Habs legend did pass away in uh, Henri Richard, so uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. And, and t- just sad to, to see the winningest player ever die when the Habs are in such a bad place right now with the season they're having. Uh, we've had Bergevin confirming that uh, it's going to be another season of more of the same next year. So, I mean, if you needed a reason to be excited for next year, I'm sure that's <laughs> what it is, right? And, uh, well, at least we have the Rockets that are pushing hard for a playoff spot. And we're going to continue talking about prospects. We've got a, another call to talk about. Another call to talk another about. Another call to talk about. And uh, some, some Twitter questions to cover. So so let's get started. So, so we, we missed last week. Yeah, so, sorry for skipping a week on the podcast. Yeah, it was uh, dying of not coronavirus related, but a very, very close. I mean, we don't know. You didn't get tested. <laughs> he might have had coronavirus. Who knows? Now, the, fir- the first case was here in Verdun. It's so. true. The, oh, well, I mean, now, now be careful. The, our fans are going to know we are based in Verdun. Oh, damn. We might get some stalkers. Get some stalkers. <laughs> but, yeah, so, so Dustin had the coronavirus, so we couldn't record uh, last week, and uh, it doesn't really. Uh, I mean, so they let, let, let's quickly touch base on the games that happened. Uh, wait, I'm back in January now, so three game home stretch, all losses 4 3 loss against Vancouver in overtime, 5 2 loss against New York, 4 3 loss in overtime against Carolina. At this point in the season, even though we've talked about not caring about tanking, overtime losses really are extremely annoying, I yeah. have to say. Uh, and then a masterful performance. Uh, where they, uh, well, actually, they did win this game, six two against the Islanders. Yeah. Good for yeah, them. A great game against the Islanders. I mean, basically the only positive note of the last two weeks. Exactly, much. and then a four four nothing loss against Tampa Bay is to be expected, and four one loss against uh, Florida. And the Canadians are exactly in the same position they've been with seemingly for the last two months, where they're kind of like the eighth from the bottom. That it's, it looks like that's the pick they're gonna get, but. I mean, we're not going to cover the games too much, but what I find interesting, if you look at the standings, despite the two A-game losing streaks, it was still there for the taking. Like, Toronto and Florida have been terrible. Yep, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's definitely definitely discouraging, it's, You know, especially when you think if they could have just won a couple of those games. I mean, you, you know, and I mean, obviously, I mean, yeah, you know, you don't want to play the if this and if that game, but... But, I mean, it is true. I mean, like, two eight-game losing streaks. You, you talk about the, the four losses to Detroit as well. Yeah. I mean, Lost, I so think many three, points. Three or four so against Ottawa, if I'm not mistaken, too. Yeah, I mean, so many points out there that they could have got that... Just given away. Just, it was really for them to... Yeah, I mean, they had it there for them all season, basically. And right now, what's happening is Toronto is being given a playoff spot. Because they have been atrocious. I mean, the top two posi- the spots are obviously locked in with Boston and Tampa Bay. But the rest of the d- division has been terrible. But the Canadians have somehow somehow managed to be even worse. Yeah, well, hopefully Toronto gets destroyed again in the first round. That's what I'm looking forward yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Flo- Florida could still sneak up uh, sneak up on them. No, I wasn't mad at Florida uh, beating us, I guess. You know, like, who cares? But, uh, yeah, they're, 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 Toronto's probably going to get third spot in the division. And it's... It just it, it it was there for the taking, and now it's just it's just such a, a frustrating season at this point. Where uh, 
it's kind, it's it's hard to really pay attention and want to watch the games. Well, especially the like you know when when the Canadians or you know when whenever your team is in this sort of position, you want to try to find those positives to finish out the season to give you maybe some hope for next season. But obviously, I mean, okay, they had the one win against the Islanders. That was a really good game, obviously. But even in a lot of the losses, is where they gave up you know two goal leads, multiple goal yeah. leads. I mean, this, so. that's that's the story of the season. And then on to top it all off, we're talking about in the in the last couple of weeks since we've done an episode. There's the Bergevin conference where he says Junier is not going anywhere. There was a trade deadline where we didn't make any moves. There's seemingly no direction on this team. It just it, it feels like management is just like oh no 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 we have a good team. We just got unlucky. We're just gonna add a 21 year old Russian kid who who played three minutes a game. In, uh, in the playoffs for his team in the KHL. And we're going to assume he's going to step in as a top four defenseman and save the season. That, that seems like it's the plan. Is that not the plan? Is that the plan? Or is there a different plan he's hiding from us? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we talked about it. That, again, obviously, you know, the trade deadline, nothing happened. Very frustrating. But I think, you know, at this point, if he's, he's not able to make that move, it just sort of seems like we're spinning our tires at this point. You know, through and I mean, I think he realizes at this point that they're going to have to do something. I, I mean, I don't think that they're going to head into this or head into next season with the same team. I mean, I think Bergevin has to know that it's his last chance at this point. I, I, I agree with you that he has to think that. And but my, the, my one, the, my worry though is that I feel like if we go back in time and go get the this time last year's podcast, like maybe not exactly this time last year because the Canadians were a bit closer to clinching the playoffs, but these are a lot of the things that we said heading into, we, we talked about a couple months leading up to the regular season for this year. Mm-hmm. There's no way we're going into the season with the same defense. There's no, like, we, we Bergevin has to know. He has to know. He's gonna, so at this point, until I see him do it, I'm not going to believe he's going to do it. Yeah, well, I see what you mean, but I I think I mean there's definitely a much more negative vibe. Yeah, this off season for sure. I mean they came they they had a really good season last year. Unfortunately, the teams in front of them is, also. Is it, is it not sad that we feel that way when they miss well, the playoffs? <laughs> I mean they still had a good had a decent season. They had they finished with uh, how many like ninety five points. Or something like that, yeah. So I mean that, that's crazy, and I think it, well at least for myself I had a pretty positive outlook going into. This season, um, not so much the case going into next season. Well, I mean, unless unless they do something, and yeah. I think Bergevin, you know, it, it that last season, you know, he sort of got the benefit of the doubt. I definitely don't think that that's the case this point at this point. And and you, if you go on Twitter, I mean, even some of the more, you know, the apologetic pro Bergevin yeah, guys, yeah. and even myself to an extent. I mean. You know they they they're not giving him any more leash at this point. We haven't been the the, the most negative uh, like podcast about Burge. We're definitely not the most positive uh, about Burge. We'll, we'll we'll let we'll let last flailing hands uh, ha- handle that part. Yeah, of, I mean, they're uh, big the fans, equation. but I mean but, even but, even them. Yeah, exactly, I mean, you know, exactly. I mean, you know, it's, it is what it is. I mean, the season obviously hasn't gone very well, and I mean, even if you are you know a big Burge fan, 
you know you can't you can't deny what's happening right now. Exactly, you just you just can't deny it. And someone made a valid point. Uh, I think I saw this on Twitter about how. So the, the big news. So he talked about a lot of things in the press conference where he kind of like he also talked about last year as being a positive season. Like I don't mind you saying that. I have an issue with the GM saying that when they miss the playoffs. Like I would hope the expectations are higher. And but then the, the, but the main thing was that he said Junior's his guy and he's not going anywhere. And which was kind of surprising to me that he would, at this point, considering the season that happened, considering two eight-game losing streak and a five-game losing streak that happened more recently, that he would say that about his coach. But then a valid point that I saw is that like he has to go into next year with Claude Julien because if he fires Julien, then starts the season with, with whatever coach, and then this n- third coach under Bergeron starts off poorly, team's not doing well, then it's right away his head, right? There, there's no excuse at that point. Now at least if he goes in with 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 Gloji, he has he has like that one last because this is his one last card to play. You know he's gonna make some moves in this off season. Mm. If those moves don't pay off, he fires Julien, and then that's that. But like I you mean, can't you can't be like I don't know you can't be thinking that way because I mean it, it like you ideally if if you have a pretty good idea that you're gonna be firing your coach, I mean it should be at the end of the season. That way you have a new coach heading into the season. He's got, you know, the players that he uh, no, wants. No, I'm, I'm sure he still believes in Julien mm-hmm. in a way, but it, it doesn't make sense really for him. Because uh, say what you will, he has to be aware that if it keeps going wrong, he's going to lose his job. And I don't care who you are, he's going to do what he needs to do to hold on to his job. Yeah, but I don't think that whether he fires him now or... <laughs> Five games into next season, not five games, is gonna but, make. but it gives them like something. It gives them like <laughs> one last card to play if it, if it goes poorly against mm-hmm. next year. Because if he if he fires, do you not agree? That if he fires Julien now, which I think is the move to do, to to be clear, yeah, it's to fire Julien right now, and then but then go into next year, start off. I don't know, like like three six and one, like he's on the hot seat right away. Yeah, why not? I mean, I don't think you ever really fire. A GM midseason? Yeah, I can see it happening. I mean, I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure. It's I'm, happened. I'm sure it's happened, but not to like the Canadians. Not to like a re, not to like a you know a real well saying a real team, but like it's not. It's I don't think it's something that would happen to like the Leafs or or you know any of uh, any of the big teams. Like that would be something that would happen to like Carolina or something. I mean. I would love to be like Carolina. I would love to be like Carolina. I want to cut more recently. No, but than you know, we did, you, you know, know what I mean. I, I I know what you mean, but I hate that. I hate that that we're, we we somehow it's more important for the Canadians to to keep this like this like aura of being like this like amazing franchise. Which when it's been, it hasn't been an amazing franchise for no, for a I while guess, now. No, that's, I know? guess that's true. But um, no, I I mean I think regardless, Bergevin. I mean it's it's going to be next year. This is going to be his his last sort of chance at this point. If they don't make the playoffs again, then he's probably gone. I mean, you know, I th- I think the the move, like you just said, I mean, to, to, would be to get rid of Julien right now. I don't think there's anything wrong with Claude not Julien. not just that, coach, but. not just that though. He does also need to improve the roster. I don't think it, oh, yeah, Julien no, no, is the no, only course. problem. Yeah, no. But I think this team is better than what it's been th- this year as far as, like the, the, those losing streaks. That that to go on two eight game losing streaks. That's something that I really started looking at the coach at one point that you you weren't able to make the adjustments. And like we we've talked, one of the eight game losing streaks was entirely one goal losses. I mean, except for like uh, empty net goals. So I mean, it, there's there's more to it than just fire the coach, blah blah. blah. But yeah, 
is is Julien the guy for 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 what is what is a young team really? You know, it's like it feels like management thinks this team is something it isn't. Yeah, well, I think that's what it is, and I mean, yes, certainly, you know, you can take a look at the two eight game losing streaks. For me, I mean, the biggest thing to to get rid of a coach is if you're constantly giving up these multiple goal leads. All right, so, so we have two big two points, big reasons. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I mean, I guess we can sort of touch on one of the um, the questions that we got. Uh, listener from one of our listeners, Nick. So at Nick JLE five, uh, do you think Julien, who is confirmed back next season, can survive, keep his job if he has one more big losing streak? Absolutely, especially not. if it's right off the bat. Absolutely not. Yeah, there, 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 there's, there's no chance. I, I truly think that it, it, he's given because he's not, he's not gonna say. Of course, if Julien is gonna be the coach next year, the way he's gonna bring it. To, to everyone, he's, he's going to say, he's my guy, he's my guy, I'm not budging from Virginia. That's how you have to do it. Yeah. But well, if yeah, there's another... There's nothing else that he can say. Exactly. Right? If there's another big losing streak or they start off poorly, on 100% Virginia's getting fired. There's no way he's not. You think if he loses, like, the first five games next season, it's going to be over? Five like, may, maybe in? not that quick. I think I think he would give him, like, maybe at least a quarter of the season or something like that. Yeah. You know, yeah, like... Maybe. Um, it's going to be interesting, for sure. I mean... Um, but I mean, at the same time, I, I, I mean, like I said, he definitely he had to say that regardless. Yeah. That you're the answer's guy. And if I'm not mistaken, before he fired Michelle Terry, like two days before he fired him, he had he had said he, that he was the guy. So. He also wasn't shopping PK Subban. Like you, you, you like yeah. well, you no, know exactly. You yeah. know, like 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 Bergman says these things, but it's it's become obvious that he kind of just. You know, well, any GM is like that. Yeah, exactly. well, I mean, even even to him, like the, not a lot, not a not a lot of leaks come out of the Montreal organization. Yeah. Like, no, that's true. Like, say say, say what you want uh, about Bergman, but there's sometimes there's some things he said some says sometimes that it's you would think he'd be better, but like like the whole Kovalchuk thing, wouldn't it have been better? Like, because we both agree that it's not a big deal that they could have gotten a bit more for Kovalchuk. It, it might be even a good thing to make good relationships and all that. But do you is that not something you don't want coming out? Just because there's gonna be some fans freaking out for no like there's yeah. been there's been little things, little comments he's been making in these press conferences that are like, dude, Bergman, just keep that to yourself. Well, I don't think it was him that said I think it was Kovalchuk. Did it come from Kovalchuk? Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Yeah, unless I'm mistaken, it was Kovalchuk. And then I mean afterwards Bergman just sort of confirmed it. I mean, mm. what could what could he say? But he said uh, that yeah, like it was like a negligible difference yeah. what he could have got compared to yeah. what he did get. But even like with the Berger, with the, the Julien thing, like did did he have to like if he's gonna say anything, you say it's your guy. But do you have to go out of your way and say he's your guy, or you just say you know? No, I mean it's it's true, it's true. Um, I don't yeah, I mean I I, th- I think yeah, like you said, the, the last couple of press conferences, even going back to the trade deadline pr- press conference, wasn't exactly inspiring. No, not at the all. way that he talked. I mean, I, I you could definitely say the same thing about Claude Julien. The, like, recently he's, like, thrown some players under the bus. Like, Nick Suzuki has been, like, basically The one, one bright positive. spot, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's not something you want to hear from your coach. You know, especially a guy that, you know, is he going to stay or is he going to go? And, and uh, yeah, no, exactly. And, and, and among all, all this, it just, obviously, uh, really, really sad that Henri Richard died. And But I couldn't help but think about how all these former players have so much honor and so much like even like you you talk to our our parents and our grandparents about the Canadians mm-hmm. and the way they talk about how important the team was to the city and all that and I'm sure that's tenfold for the players that actually played for those teams oh, yeah. and for and he has 
he has a distinction of being the only player in NHL history to have 11 Stanley Cups. All of the Montreal Canadiens, a record that will never be broken. Yeah. If, if, if there's a record that will never be broken, it's this <laughs> one. I mean, even Ovechkin might, might catch Gretzky's goal record uh, at this point. But to have that icon, uh, like the, the name rings strongly because of, of Rocket, but he, and he has the Cups. And then in just this, the worst drought in the history of the team, it's just kind of like, it, it kind of reminds you that this team has such history and has been so crap for so long. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's about not the crap. same league. It's not the same league. It's more parody. <laughs> yeah, There's yeah. more parody and all that. But you know, they made the conference final. Then they they got like destroyed by Michael Layton for some reason. And but they get, it's never really felt that close. I mean, more recently it was against the Rangers. As like I don't know. Like it feels like we're so removed from being like really the team. You know, when's the yeah. last time we were the, like like a Tampa Bay, even though they had a bad playoff last year? When's the last time the Canadians were regarded th- throughout the league as being one of the teams to watch? Well, I mean, they did have a couple of uh, like division titles, right? Even but finished. even then, like no one was predicting the Canadians to win the cup. They they weren't. They haven't been at the top of that heap in a long no, time. No, maybe not. Maybe maybe not. They've had some good years. They've had some bad years, obviously. But I mean, uh, you're never going to get back to the dominance of. Of you know, like of course, but you'd like to be a bit more consistently competitive at the very least. Well, that's what we're hoping for with all these young guys coming up and fourteen draft picks. Yeah, I mean, so we're gonna end up losing players because we have too many contracts. And I bet you, one of the best players that we're gonna draft is gonna end up on some other team because we have too many picks. Could be. Maybe. Can't we'll wait see. for that to happen. <laughs> Maybe we're going to get Lafreniere. Who knows? I mean, that, I mean, that would change everything. If we get Lafreniere, first of all, I would want them to immediately fire Bergman and Claude Julien and bring him some fresh blood. Because, <laughs> that, okay, we have, we're have we having a chance to restart this team. You, do you know who I don't want coaching Lafreniere? Yeah, Julien. Claude Julien. Like, sure. come on. Like, no. But, like, I don't think it would happen. But regardless, like, I won't complain, obviously, if we get uh, Lafreniere. But, uh, I mean, I mean. Also, now it's gotten even worse lately because injuries are just piling up and piling up. Which, what's almost the most frustrating thing about the injuries at this point? Because, like I said, like it's a, almost a big who cares for the season. I mean, the only guy I'm happy seeing doing like when he scores, he's pretty hyped. Is Jake Evans? He's getting his shot and all. You're, you, that, those are the types of players you're happy to see. Uh, do well, but at the same time, I'm like I kind of wish he could be in uh, Laval helping the Rocket right yeah, now. That's true, you know. And well, Kakinyemi got injured too, and the Rocket need all the help they can get. And but it doesn't. Everything's gonna need to go right for them to make the playoffs at this point, right? Yeah, well, I mean they're they're four uh, four points out right now. I mean, unfor- I mean the Rocket are on a roll right now, but unfortunately, so are the teams in front of them. I mean Binghamton, the uh, the team that's in fourth spot right now, they've won six games in a row. Luckily, the Rocket do play them twice this week. Uh, so, I mean, it's basically going to be do or die this week for the Rocket. Uh, playing Binghamton twice at home. So, And they also play Belleville, who's first in the division once uh, on Wednesday. Binghamton Friday and Saturday. So, it'll be two uh, And it's really, the games. playoffs are really only the division, right? It's top four in the division. Yeah, There's no, like, wild division. card or anything like that. Yeah. No. So, they can, or, uh, well, the Rocket are sixth right now in the division. But, uh, yeah, four points out of the playoffs right now. So, they... I mean, if they can keep it going, they're they're doing really well. But again, Binghamton's nine and one their last ten. So yeah, I mean, the one positive, of, regardless if they do actually squeak in, is that it it seems like they they they've kind of ever since moving those veterans away that like, yeah, it seems like they were actually a problem, right? They maybe yeah, they, yeah, they, I mean, they were past the point of wanting to play in the AHL. I don't know what it was, 
But at least we're seeing the kids put on a real push. Yeah, you really have to give it to Joel Bouchard. I mean, the way that they're playing right now, they're playing... I mean, you know, with all the injuries the Canadians have had, even yeah. the Rocket have had a slew of injuries. Yeah. And they're playing with a pretty banged up... Ro- like, yeah. not not a top-quality AHL roster. Yeah. And they're playing really well. Um, yeah, like you said, I mean, they got rid of Verone. They got rid of uh, Barber, Barber, Pekka. Pekka. Uh, even Keith Kincaid now, so... Yeah, Keith Kincaid. I'm like, come on. Yeah, McNiven won his three, first three games, so... That's like at this point, what's because and Lindgren when he comes up, he's not that. So, are the Canadians just gonna sign another veteran backup goalie in the offseason and then McNiven's once again gonna get pushed aside, or is Lindgren gonna push question? Because McNiven McNiven doesn't deserve. He can't go through this again. I honestly at this point would rather they trade him where he's gonna have a legitimate. Like I feel bad for the kid almost the season. Well, he's an RFA at the end of the year. Um, It'll be interesting to see if they do keep him. If he would even want to re-sign with the Canadians, yeah. I doubt it with the way that he's been treated this year. That's that's a good point, actually. But, uh, I mean, we'll see. I would certainly like to see him back, but definitely if he if he comes back, he would have to be the backup in, in Laval. In Laval, yeah. And Lindgren would have to be – because I don't think they're going to start the season with Lindgren as the backup in Montreal. No, it's, I don't think so. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I, I don't, I don't know, know who it is they're going to go get, but they're probably going to go get another similar type of player. We're going to get excited because he was good like two, three years ago. Like we got excited with Kincaid and – and then it's going to flop. <laughs> I was so sure Keith Kincaid yeah. was going to be the, the hero. Of all the bad backups we've had recently, he's been by far the worst one, too. Worse than Niemi? Niemi was pretty bad oh, sometimes. Man, that's true. But Niemi at first had some moments. Kincaid was a, he was bad Niemi level from the get-go. Tekarski was pretty bad when he started the uh, when he started the season. Well, the, when he was started the regular season is the uh, like after the playoff run. He was obviously amazing in the playoffs, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, the next season, yeah, he was. He was. Bad. He was decent. We've had some pretty bad ones. Yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Corey Crawford is going to want to come finish his career in Montreal as a backup. That wouldn't be too bad. I'm I mean, not a he, huge Corey Crawford fan, but he's actually been playing all right lately because uh, I picked him up in my my goalie starved fantasy hockey team, <laughs> and uh, he's uh, he hasn't been like his career. His stats this year are. In 39 games, 2.79 goals against average, which isn't amazing, obviously, but a 9.16 save percentage, considering the team he plays for. That's that's not half yeah. bad. And, yeah, and you know who I picked up was Halak, oh. who's also a free agent. Imagine. Wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> uh, I mean, just looking at the goalies quickly, there's Leonard. I don't think Leonard is the, the – Leonard would come in and play better than Price. That would cause some drama. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, there are Craig pretty... Anderson's 39. He could be a good backup, but his stats aren't very good this year. Yeah, um, yeah he's getting old. He's yeah. really not playing that well. Um, Jimmy there's... Howard, the worst record in... ever in Montreal. No, no, but like just oh, this yeah. season, Even he's got two season, wins, yeah, 23 losses, 420 goals against 882. Like I know he plays for Detroit, but Bernier doesn't have that bad stats like at all. That's like legendarily bad. Yeah, legendarily bad. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, there's a couple of good options out there. Well, anyway, I mean, we're not doing a free agent podcast right now. <laughs> what, what else are we going to talk about, Dustin? Uh, how how the Canadians can go on a winning streak and maybe pick one spot later in the draft? Uh, well, I mean, they got 11 games left. Lots of hockey to be played. Hey, more maybe than they the, can squeak into the playoffs. Maybe they can squeak in another eight-game losing streak. Maybe. Can they do it? Can they get I, nine? I, I believe in them. Can they get nine? I think they could do it. Do you think they could do it? I think they could do it, too. Uh, so, uh, aside from that, so like, well, the big news we already touched on the rocket, but like, Kotkaniemi going down and a, a scary injury too with uh, the spleen. But it seems that it's it's not as bad as they feared at first. Yeah, the game on Saturday, he got hurt in the first period. He ended up going to the uh, to a hospital in Cleveland. 
they thought originally that he was going to be there for at least three days, and maybe he, had, he might have to have surgery on his spleen, but he was released after one day. So, I mean, that's obviously good news. You never want to see that sort of an injury. But um, Is this season over? Did they announce that? No, they don't know exactly. Like, he's he's not playing now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, I think they're going to be pretty careful with that injury. Well, you, you would Obviously. you would hope so. And then they, they seem to have been from the get-go. And it's been, like, we talked about potentially sending Kutkemi down to, to Laval almost a month before it happened. And it, it definitely was the right move. You could see it. He was doing well. He himself said that after the first game, it was the most funny he's had played hockey in a long, yeah, long, long exactly. time. Exactly. He looked really good. It you just, know, he's, he's getting wish he could minutes. finish the season, you know. Yeah, so it's unfortunate to see an injury like that, but um, you know he's what, he what a bad really well. year he's had. Just so uh, unlucky. He, he has definitely had a had a, an unlucky year. Obviously, he didn't get off to a very good start. Well, really, I mean, this whole season in the NHL wasn't too great. Yeah. Obviously, he suffered the concussion, and now this injury. I mean, hopefully, he'll be able to maybe come back for uh, hopefully a playoff run yeah. with the Rocket. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously I don't want to take any chances with uh, this kind of injury. The, the one positive is next year can't go any worse for him. Well, you would hope. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> but, I mean, the Rocket, I mean, dealing with a with a bunch of injuries. I mean, first of all, obviously they have Evans and Alsner and uh, and um, Evans, Alsner, and Vedemos up with the Canadians. So you don't. So, I mean, they've lost a lot of guys there. And, I mean, they have Cook and Yemi now injured. Paling's injured. Fleury's injured. So uh, I mean they're dealing with a lot of uh, a lot of injuries themselves, but they're still rolling. And like that's a reality for any AHL team late in the season. But you you it really feels like it's been exceptionally bad for for the Rocket to and uh, it also that's why even though they there's a good chance they're probably not going to ma- manage to make the playoffs, the fact that they're putting up a legitimate fight, you know, at, at least at least there's that, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, again, they got two games against Binghamton on the, over the weekend. And actually, they have three over the next two weeks. So, I mean, they got to be, you know, over 500 in those three games for sure. And then if they if they can, then they might be uh, might be in a pretty decent position. All right. So then uh, moving on from the, the Rocket, uh, hopefully, hopefully it works out. We, did we, we had another Twitter question you said. I uh, yeah, there's another Twitter question. Um, so this question is from Kevin Rogers. Um, so a regular uh, that sends us quest. So Kevin Rogers at K Rogers seventy seven. Are there any <laughs> European free agents that have been linked to the Habs or guys you think the Habs should be looking at bringing over? Um, so there are two guys that have been linked um, throughout the season to the Canadians. Um, two guys that actually play in the KHL and CSKA Moscow with Romanov. Um, the first of which neither neither really is going to be at least in my opinion, an impact player for the Canadians. The first is Konstantin Okulov, who's a left winger. I mean, he's had a decent season in the KHL. He has 38 points in uh, just over 50 games. So, I mean, not too bad, but, I mean, I, I don't see what the big thing about him. I mean, from from what I've seen too, from him, too, I mean, he doesn't really seem like he's going to be a huge threat. Maybe like a fringe NHL kind of guy. Yeah. At the very best, a third liner. Um, you know, so kind of like Yuri Sekach. Yeah, okay. And more, and more of the same of what the Canadians already have on their on their team. Yeah, exactly. So I don't really... Well, apparently the Canadians and the Maple Leafs are like sort of like the two finalists for him. Uh, I don't really see how, how much he would really bring to the Canadians. He's 25 years old, so it's not like he's really... That young. You would yeah. think develop going to develop that much better. Um, the other guy is uh, what if it hel- what if it helps bringing Romanov over? You know? Well, that, I mean, that could be a thing too, right? Maybe, maybe they want to have a little buddy for Romanov. 
Yeah. If they can't resign Kovalchuk, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I think actually the second guy, um, who's a defen- right-handed defenseman, Andre uh, Marichenko, used to play a seventh rounder from the Red Wings. He's played I think just over a hundred games um, in the NHL with Detroit and Toronto. I mean, he, he's sort of the same thing. I think he could maybe be like a seventh defenseman, but maybe that would maybe they are looking to him. <laughs> because of Romanov, you know, defenseman, defense. Um, I, I think he's even played a bit with Romanov this season, so that might be the reason that they're looking Marichenko. They don't necessarily have a whole lot of right-handed defensemen to begin with anyway, yeah, exactly. so he could offer some decent depth. Um, so those are the two guys that uh, that the Canadians have been linked to. One guy that I wouldn't mind seeing the Canadians go after is uh, Julius Natanen, uh, who plays in the league. He's a, he's a Finnish uh, centerman. 23 years old, so he does have some, uh, obviously, some development ahead of him. Um, he's a leading scorer in the Liga this year. Uh, former second-round pick tw- in 2015 of Anaheim. Um, so, I mean, it, unfortunately, he was he did he did came over come over. He played in the AHL, I think, two seasons ago. They didn't play very well. He had, uh, I think, like 15 points in 50 games or something. Yeah, 12 and 40 and 55. So not a not a guy that lit it up, but obviously showed a lot of development this season, scoring I think 34 goals in fi- something like 50 games. So he's a guy that definitely has a lot of maybe untapped potential. No, no one here that's really going to come in and, and no, he's he's not going to no, right? no probably like, of, of all of all the players. I mean, the one who's going to make the biggest impact is Romanov. Well, the ones that hopefully that we we've, we've talked about. But, yeah, you know. Yeah, but uh, I mean, Nathan could be, you know, maybe starts starts the year in the AHL. With, it, with I mean, th- these types of players always they're always exciting to, and you kind of like start doing some research on it. What is there a re? Maybe there's a reason why they didn't develop somewhere. But how often do these guys really pan out? I mean, it, it doesn't hurt. Like, no, why exactly. not give it a shot? It's like it no. costs you nothing, and you might get really lucky, but. Exactly. I mean, Nathan, I think would be uh, <clears throat> has has definitely has some potential. Okulov, I don't really see why people are excited in him. Marichenko, I think you know maybe could offer some depth as a as a as a seventh defenseman. At the same time, you know might help uh, Romanov acc- acclimate to the to the NHL. Yeah. Um, so I I could see Marichenko. Yeah, Marichenko seems to make the most sense at the very least as someone that can actually be serviceable on, on some level in, uh, in in the NHL. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what can happen with it. I feel like any time any guy like anyone like this is being discussed, though, the Canadians are always one of the teams that are in the hunt. Mm, so I, I always wonder if it's just not just that. It just helps the rumor sites if the Canadians are being involved and these guys get hyped up and all that. But... You never know. I mean, uh, it could be good. And but so since we already talked about Romanov a little bit, I thought it'd be good to talk about. So what is the situation here? With there's some conspiracy theorists uh, as to why Romanov was playing so little minutes. That so they got eliminated, right? Uh, his team, if I'm not mistaken. No, <laughs> they moved on to the next round. Oh, they moved on to the next round. <laughs> okay, sorry. But the, yeah, yeah, but like the 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 the, 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 the round was over, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, so yeah, the the series ended, and he but he was playing like three minutes a game. Yeah, he was playing three four minutes a game. I think that probably has a lot to do with them them knowing that he's leaving. But see, he's... people are saying that, but that doesn't make any sense to me. What is this KHL league that is run by amateurs that would rather potentially lose a game or lose a series by not playing what is quote unquote a better player? Is what what we're saying here is that Romanov is better than other players on this team, but because his coaches are mad at him because he's going to leave, they're not playing him? Like, that's absurd. Well, I mean, it's the KHL. I mean, still. <laughs> I mean, you've got to think that they, I don't know that coaches want to win. Yeah, I mean, even 
I don't think he's the best defenseman. And we're talking about the playoffs here. Yeah, we're, uh, yeah. I mean, they're playing like they're. You know, they're leading guys, guys like Marichenko, uh, Nesterov, guys that have had good seasons that, I don't know, that are like leaders in the KHL. Then they're, you know, a league like that, typically they don't play like young guys either, like Romanov, who's 19 years old. So, I mean, it's not that big of a but surprise. It, it's just to say that, like, there's this idea that Romanov is going to be a bit of a savior when he comes in next year. Yeah. Well, let's no, set our expectations. No, exactly. People go a little bit overboard. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with Yelonen, who's who's uh, playing in Laval now. You know, don't expect him to be stepping in the NHL like in the next year no. or two, probably not even two years. But Romanov will step in the NHL. Ro- yeah, he yeah will. or else he's not coming over. Yeah, no, for sure. There's no, there's and no way he's the, coming. The here way the, the way Bergevin has talked about him, it's clear that his his plan is to have him come over to play in the NHL, and. Depending on if there is a move that happens, if there is a trade that happens that that and on defense, but if there isn't, I could see the Canadians going into next year with Romanov being what number two after Sherratt on the left side depth wise. Yeah, well, it's him and Mete, I guess. Yeah, Romanov and Mete, basically. So Romanov, Mete, Sherratt, <coughs> very exciting. Can't wait to miss the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, they got to do better, obviously. Yeah. I mean, they can't expect Romanov to step in and and even be a top four guy. I think it's a bit of a stretch. Well, it's just not fair for him in his no. development either, right? Like, in best case scenario, he comes in and has a crazy rookie season, and he is one of those guys that can kind of take that jump. And because like you you look at a team like like Vancouver, for example, probably a bit better this year than people expected because it had a guy like Quinn, Quinn Hughes who took a step. Yeah. So like, if something like that happens to a team, it changes the entire team. Oh, that's true. But but to yeah. to to. We can't. You can't hope that's going to happen. Like even Vancouver, I'm sure we're kind of hesitant. They didn't have all their eggs in Quinn Hughes being as good as he's been. You 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 have to assume it's not going to be anywhere near as good as that. You know? No, exactly. I mean, I think you know he'll he'll you'll have a decent season. I think he'll he'll definitely progress as the season goes. But I mean, he's not going to step in here and be Quinn Hughes or Kel McCarr. That's for sure. That, that's <laughs> that's the thing exactly. But he's going to be put in a situation. I'm worried. Like they have, there has to be a move. I'm worried he's going to start the season put in a, in a situation to fail, playing too many minutes when he shouldn't. Yeah, and you, that's you just going to hurt. That's just going to hurt his progression. You know, I hope I'm wrong. And he comes in and and he goes from playing three minutes a game over there, and then we play him twenty minutes a game here, and somehow that works out <laughs> for the first time in the history of young players well, he progressing. Did, in the regular season in the KHL, he did have like there was times where he was playing over fifteen minutes. Yeah. I don't know if he ever played. I, I would hope minutes. he had a few games. Where you played more than fifteen minutes, I don't think that's that. Actually, I think he, I think he might have played a, a hand, like a couple of games, like maybe two or three games over twenty minutes. So. Hey, ben Sherratt played thirty minutes at uh, one point this year, so things can no, happen. With during, Romanov, during a you won't have to next. Year. Going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so well, we'll see what happens with that. But so let's move, we can move on talk about more more prospects then. So we before we talk about Cole Cole Perfetti. Any other news? There's Norlinder had some new, good news about him. He had a solid season. Yeah, so Norlinder, he was uh, voted the top junior uh, player in uh, in the Allsvenskan, which is the second Swedish division. Um, so that's obviously a positive. He won the Golden Cage, is what. Yeah, I it's read. called the Golden Cage. Does he get an actual Golden Cage? <laughs> no, I think it was just. I think it was a trophy. I'm that's pretty too sure. Bad. Imagine he, the next season he's wearing a golden, golden cage. cage. It'd be amazing. Well, because I think all junior players they have to wear the cages. Yeah, I'm assuming that's why. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. I'm that's thinking cool. that's why. So I guess it kind yeah. of makes sense. Yeah. Um. Aside aside from that, well, one other sort of prospect news is the um, Bergevin said that likely because twenty 
basically the 2018 prospects that were drafted from the CHL. They would have to be signed at the end of the year for the Canadians to yeah, right. keep their rights. Uh, so there's four guys, and apparently the Canadians are only planning on signing one of them. So what do you think about that? That's kind of what I was touching on with the whole thing about we have all these draft picks, yeah, but then you're going to end up just like losing that. some some potential NHLers, you know, yeah. or, or at the very least AHLers. So the, the what's there? There's it seems to be everyone thinks it's the same one's going to get. Who are the four yeah. again? I can't remember. So it's uh, well, 2018 third rounder Cam Hillis. Yeah, so he's the one that's most likely. <laughs> he should definitely. Um, you have fourth rounder Alan McShane, fifth rounder Cole Fonstad, and I think also fifth rounder Samuel Hood. Um, I mean, it's definitely unfortunate. I mean, you would think Hillis is definitely going to be the guy. He's had an amazing season this year. Um, uh, you know, a great bounce back year after being injured most of last season. But, I mean, especially Alan McShane, I think he's definitely a guy that has some potential. I mean, he's not going to be, you know, a, a game break or anything, but he could definitely be potentially be a third-line guy um, with some scoring upside. So, I mean, you know, if the Canadians don't sign Alan McShane, that's going to be pretty disappointing. Um, the other two guys, Cole Fonstad and Samuel Hood, I mean, they both had pretty good years this year, but I don't think either one. I mean, I still wouldn't mind to see, you know, see guys like that, see them signed, give them a couple of years in Laval, see what they, see what happens with them. But, I mean, I don't think either one of them are going to be But it just kind of goes to show that the yeah. fact that we have... 14 what, picks going into this draft. Exactly. Like, there's, what, over half of those that are probably, like, 99% likely yeah. to be completely irrelevant. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, you know, you you sign you, you draft all these players. A lot of them, I mean, they basically panned out the way you were expecting them to. Guys like McShane, Fonstad's basically panned out as well as you could have expected. Yeah. Even Samuel Hood really, especially this year. And then you're just going to let them let them fly basically. <laughs> and, unfortunate. And, and just to let so many players that are so quick early in their development go like this, I, there's just a feeling that at least one of these three is going to end up. No, yeah, maybe McShane. I think he could, definitely has NHL potential. It was the same thing last year. They they couldn't uh, sign their third third rounder from 2017, defenseman Scott Walford, who I mean he's had a really good year in the WHL this year. I'm sure he's going to play in the AHL somewhere next year. So he's going to end up on another team. Is he going to play in the NHL? I mean that's debatable, but. No, he's he's still a decent prospect that you drafted in the yeah. third round. Yeah, it's not not ideal asset <clears throat> asset management. That's for sure. And quite frankly, he probably panned out better than at least than I was expecting. And you still won't sign him. Just I don't know. It seems seems weird. And like you said, bad bad asset management. I mean, yo, know, it's cool drafting all these players, but at a certain time, so cool. You know, <laughs> I mean, there's no yeah. point in drafting all these players yeah. if you can't keep them all. Yeah. All right. So. It's unfortunate. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, but it, it, imagine if they don't sign Cam Hillis, though. Is, do you think there's a chance of that happening? No. Because why didn't he? I, I guess you don't want to say it, but I don't know the way the way it was phrased and all that. It's it's, it's just. It's, I, I, I find it very weird to say something like that. Yeah. Quite frankly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like an, another example of of a Bergman being a little bit, you know, the the messaging since the trade deadline has been a. Yeah, you could have worded it different, yeah. like, okay, you know, yes, we're not going to be able to sign all our guys. Yeah. You, know, you have to make decisions. But to say we're going to sign one out of these four guys seems like a weird thing yeah. to say. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so let's move on to our – so we, uh, we've we been doing uh, kind of uh, a look ahead at the draft to see who the Canadians might draft depending on the position they're at. Uh, so we're talking about Cole Perfetti uh, this week before – 
uh, we go into it. So what we've been doing every time we do this is I go on this website called tankathon.com just for fun. I just click on the sim lottery once to see if the Canadians can move up. If you didn't listen to the Alex Nefanyar episode, we actually got the first overall pick and I got extremely excited even though it didn't mean anything. <laughs> but uh, we, we've been around the seventh, eighth uh, pick since uh, really the last few months. So basically, just to remind you of the odds, 19% chance of finishing in the top three and a 6% chance of getting number one overall. So it, it, it's not... You see people on Twitter sometimes. It's like, stop talking about Lafreniere. It's one in a million, one in a million. It's quite literally not one in a million. If these were your odds to win the lottery, you would be extremely excited of how likely you were to win the lottery. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's definitely possible. It, it's more likely that one of the top, bottom three teams doesn't get it, you know, the, the the first overall pick. So let's let's sim it just the one time. And nothing happened. <laughs> uh, Montreal still drafting eighth. The only thing that changed in this sim is that Ottawa moved up one spot and LA went down one spot. So at eighth, the Canadians would have the opportunity. Would they have the opportunity of drafting a guy like Cole, Cole Perfetti? Is he someone that could drop to eighth? Yeah, he's definitely a guy that could drop to eighth. I mean, basically the top nine in this draft is all well, obviously aside from like you know Byfield and uh, and Lafreniere, potentially any guy could could fall. I mean, Cole, Cole Perfetti is probably one of the most likely to fall to like the seven, eight, nine um, area. I mean, he's definitely a great great player. I mean, having a great great year this year, he's got uh, 110 points, 37 goals in 61, uh, 61 games for the Saginaw Spirit in the OHL. Um, and, I mean, the thing that's even more impressive, yes, he has 37 goals this year in his draft year, but last year as a 16-year-old, he also had 37 goals. So, I mean, that's unbelievable. Probably has one of the best shots in the entire draft this year, not named Lafreniere or Byfield. Um, he's a great play maker as well, as you can see from uh, from the 73 points that he has. The one knock on him, of course, is uh, is his size. So much similar to Cole Caulfield. Even I mean, he's, he's not he's not Cole. No, Caulfield he's not Cole small, Caulfield you know, small, but, but he's five foot ten. Um, definitely has to put some bulk on his frame to before you know has a chance of playing in the NHL. Right, um, 180 pounds. Um, has obviously some uh, work to do in the defensive zone as well. Um, I mean, like any, like most of the big prospects. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously not really relied on to play defense in Saginaw. Um, but, you know, he's a, a great playmaker as well. Um, he plays center with Saginaw, but probably more of a left winger at the NHL level. So, like Cole Caulfield. So, I mean, basically, it's Cole Caulfield uh, 2.0. S- s- sli- <laughs> slightly bigger. Uh, I mean, Cole Caulfield, even going into the last year, even though he slipped, he was one of those guys every year. There seems to be a guy that's described as the purest scorer in the draft is he because he was getting 37 goals two years in a row that's not nothing yeah. is he is he one i mean i know that we have a guy like Nafrenyai this year but like is he one of those guys that in the second tier is the purest scorer kind of thing oh yeah definitely definitely i mean well i mean there's so many talented players especially at the top end of this draft but i mean you definitely have to think so i mean scoring 37 goals as a 16 year old in the ohl is, is absolutely ridiculous yeah you I usually mean, see a big difference between the, the yeah. draft year and the year before I mean, and, quite quite frankly you could even say 37 goals this year is a little, dis- yeah, <laughs> a little yes, disappointing. That, that's a good point. As people actually. were thinking, you know, that maybe he could f- hit 50 goals. Yeah. I mean, basically, I mean, the, the big thing for him, it, well, at the beginning of the year in the Ivan and Lichka tournament, he was probably the best player there. He scored, I think it was uh, eight goals in five games for Team for team Canada. So, I mean, he was basically the best player at the Ivan and, uh, Ivan and Lichka tournament. 
And that's where he, I mean, basically was in the conversation for maybe the top three, top four. And I think since then he might have slipped a little bit, not necessarily because of his play, because of the play of some of the other prospects. Well, well, that's the thing. So since we've been doing this, so there's an obvious top one in Lafreniere, and then an obvious number two pretty much in, in, in Byfield. And some people that would want defense maybe would say Drysdale, but he, Drysdale and Stutzel seem to be the other two that – you kind of like, but once yeah. you, you once you so there's the kind of top tier in Lafayette Byfield, and then there's like a kind of a two a, a 2A tier. Once you get after those guys, where would you rank Perfetti? Would he, would you be happy if he fell? Let's say the Canadians are drafting nine, and, and Perfetti's the one who falls, because it seems oh, yeah, like the definitely. Canadians really won't have. If if the Canadians are eight or nine, I feel like you kind of end up drafting the guy from that top nine that's left. That's pr- probably what it's going to be. So, if it's Perfetti, are you happy, or would you rather have a guy like Marco Rossi? We well, I'd rather have Marco Rossi, yeah. but I don't think he's going to fall down to eight or nine. Perfetti's more likely, and I mean, if the Canadians could get Perfetti, that'd be amazing. So, I mean, he definitely looked great in a Canadiens jersey, um, and uh, he'd look good playing in the future uh, with Cole Caulfield. I don't know. Uh, a, a Cole, same thing. Yeah, we were talking about before the, the podcast, we should go get Eric Cole. There you go. To, to, just to get all the coals. To compliment the line, you know. <laughs> I don't know who's going to play center, but, uh, you know, just get, just get all the coals. I mean, it worked out with Cole Caulfield. I mean, that's a legitimate way to scout a player, right? By his first name. By his first name. Sure. Last time we picked someone with that first name went well. There you go. Let's do it again. And, you know, again, I mean, Cole Caulfield was probably the best pure goal scorer in the draft, and Cole Perfetti is definitely up there as well, so. I mean, it's, 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 all, it's, it's all, all signs. It's all signs. It's all signs. Perfetti is definitely getting drafted by the Canadians. He's definitely going to I'd rather that right now, person. <laughs> That's yeah. true. If I, had, if I had to pick. He'd be a good consolation prize. Yeah, okay. Well, it, it, it sounds like, it, assuming the Canadians don't get really unlucky and kind of drop down three spots and end up at like 12th or something like that, which would be, would be very frustrating. If they stay in the kind of top eight, nine... Yeah, he's definitely a guy that... Uh... But there's no one you're really going to be disappointed with. Unless, no, unless, no. unless they reach... And yeah, which make, hopefully they don't. Which, and do like a weird kind of pick. It, it sounds like if you're in the eight nine range, yeah, or 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 before, obviously you're gonna get someone really yeah. really solid. All right, then uh, was there anything else? Any more prospect news to talk about? It's pretty much it. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, not like, the most uh, positive podcast we've ever done. No, not the no, definitely not. But I mean, hopefully, you know, the rest of the way we'll see some more positives. And oh, here's one positive. We rank the highest for podcasts uh, that talk about sports in Canada we ever have. <laughs> We don't quite understand why, uh, but uh, that might be just because we don't understand analytics at all. But because we skipped guys. a week and all that, but thanks for listening. And uh, I mean, we, we have a consistent base uh, of listeners that listen every time we put it out, so we appreciate it. Uh, of course, follow us uh, on Twitter. I don't think the Twitter is as active as it was earlier in the season, but if you reach out to us, ask some questions, uh, always happy to touch on them uh, in, in the draft or even just on Twitter uh, as is. And uh, that's pretty much it. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try to get something in next week too. Hopefully something exciting happens, you know, maybe, 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 maybe Laval actually squeaks into that playoff spot by winning those games. That come up. So, thanks for listening. And uh, that's it.